Welcome to the Light Bears Institute podcast, where we seek to improve biblical literacy by discussing key storylines and themes in Scripture. Hey, welcome back to the Light Bears podcast. My name is Ryan Martin, a service director of missions here at Light Bears. Uh, we're happy to have with us this morning Nathan and Kelsey Brindle. Uh, they are Light Bears partners, and look forward to getting to hear more about uh, their story and even their journey with with Light Bears and what's led them. Uh, now to the field. So welcome, uh, Nathan and Kelsey. Thanks. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Just introduce us uh, to uh, you guys and to your family for those of us uh, who uh, may know a little bit about you or, or some of our listeners that may not know you at all. Yeah. So we are Nathan and Kelsey Brendel, and we have two kids. Um, our oldest is Simeon, and he's two and a half. And then our youngest is Sienna, and she is one. She just turned one. And we are tribal church planners in Papua New Guinea. Yeah, we're with an organization called Ethnos 360, um, whose goal is to see a thriving church among all people. Um, so that's uh, one of our goals here. Um, while we're in Papua New Guinea, they have they have over 800 languages in Papua New Guinea, uh, and the vast majority of them have not truly heard and understood the gospel. Um, many of them are illiterate. Many of these languages, they don't know how to read and write. And uh, yeah, a lot of them do not have the word of God in their language. So they have no access to the word of God. They have no one who knows their language who can share the truth with them. Um, and that's our goal while we're here is to be a part of seeing at least one of these churches or one of these people groups reached with the gospel um, to have a mature thriving church in their people group. Uh, we, yeah, we have kind of a few main goals. The first thing that we'll do when we move into their people group is learn their culture and language, just live among them. Um, with these language groups, they're not written down, you know, so there's no Rosetta Stone we can go off of. It's just sitting down with them, doing the hard work, uh, planting gardens, building huts, just whatever they're doing, we're going to do that. And uh, we're going to learn their culture and language uh, the hard way and uh, live that life with them uh, whenever we become proficient in the language, we will teach them how to read and write so that one day they can have God's word for themselves. And we will be teaching them how to read and write their language that we just learned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then from there, um, we will develop lessons and begin teaching them all of God's word beginning in Genesis um, so that they can have a strong foundation to understand the gospel, the whole story of God's word. And um, it's our hope um, through the work of the Holy Spirit, that a church will be born among one of these people groups. That from there, uh, we get um, the job, the task of raising this church. Um, Seeing them come to maturity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, trying to disciple and appoint elders. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then all on the way, um, I'll be on a team that's translating um, the Bible. Um, mm -hmm. into their language so that um, they can have God's word for years, um, for generations to come, that it doesn't stop with us, but they have um, the best source, which is God's word himself. Yeah, yeah and then um, before we phase out of the work, we desire to teach them and train them in everything that we've done so that they can go out and be equipped to mobilize other language groups around them, do the same thing that we did uh, in a new context and new culture and a new language group. 
That's awesome. Paul said he wanted to present everyone mature in Christ. And that is our heartbeat. We want to do the exact same. Uh, we share that. We share that goal. So that's, yeah. that's a big key verse for us, for our family. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You know, we have so many resources in English, so many different translations out there that oh, I don't quite un- uh, relate to this translation. I want to read this one instead. And there's people out here. I mean, they're truly begging for the word of God. We have people groups writing to us every month, every year, all the time saying, please come to my, come to my people group. We want to hear what they call God's talk. And it's just heartbreaking to see them begging for the word of God, something that I took for granted for so many years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, when I, when I learned about that, that was, that killed me when I, I, I came to Papua New Guinea in 2015, um, on a program called Interface and I spent six weeks here. And, uh, during my time in, uh, one of these tribal church plants, some guys from another language group had sent over a letter and they're like, I've written this letter seven times before I'm writing for the eighth time, you know what I want. Um, my people want to hear God's talk in our language. We've heard this Jesus person um, wants to come and know all, pe- all people, but you're keeping him from us. Mm. We want to know what have we done to offend you that you would keep God's talk from coming to our language. And that like cut to my core, you know, like, oh, it, before, before hearing that, um, I really did not want to come serve in Papua New Guinea. I'd, I'd wanted to do missions, but Papua New Guinea was like, too hard. I was only here to kind of yeah, feel it out. And then while I was here, I was like, don't really love this. <laughs> it's too hard. It's too hot. Hate the food. Um, and then I got that letter and I was like, what am I doing? It is my pride. It is my selfishness that is keeping people like him from hearing the word of God, because I'm saying it's too hard. Right. I'm looking to myself. I'm not looking to God to, to meet this need in my own life, let alone his, you know, and all these people around here that are begging for the gospel. So, yeah, that really, that's, that really burdened me. Yeah. And it really is all over the place. We mm-hmm. had a conversation with a guy today mm-hmm. about how they can receive missionaries and yeah. walking them through um, yeah. just like, yeah, the whole process. So, yeah, he asked, yeah, can, can you guys send missionaries to my people group? We don't have, we don't have God's talk in our people group, like write a letter, like everybody else. Um, it can be hard for certain people groups that are illiterate. They have to find someone who knows how to read and write, uh, in the trade language, and then somehow get that letter to, uh, to us. And that's through, you know, days, hikes in the jungle or down the river on a canoe, you know, whatever it is so that we can try and see if these people are serious if they and we go on survey trips and kind of yeah figure it out if if this is a good if this is a place we could go serve what led you guys to Papua New Guinea well for me um my parents are missionaries with Ethnos 360 and so I grew up uh knowing the need knowing all about um there that there are unreached people groups all over the world Mm -hmm. And so my brother actually was also a missionary in Papua New Guinea. And so I got firsthand stories like all growing up. Um, My brother was a lot older than me. I just got to hear everything that he was doing. And um, I wanted to, I really desired to do the same. And so God did a work in my life to um, bring me into, um, into our missions training. And that's actually where I met Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, it was, it was definitely that interface program that I went on, uh, heard the need. Yeah. 
Kelsey, you um, actually were a part of the Light Bears program uh, as a student and uh, went through uh, that two-year program that we have here. Um, tell us a little bit about just how Light Bears helped shape kind of your discipleship and even just your trajectory towards the field. Whenever, whenever I first started walking with the Lord, I, I was in college. Um, I I grew up in a Christian home uh, previously. I grew up in a Christian home, but then didn't really want to live my life for Christ. I just wanted to live for myself. And then it was in college that I really started walking with the Lord. And um, very quickly after that, I, I knew the Lord was leading me into cross-cultural missions. Uh, I went on a trip called Global Training School with my church in, uh, in Fayetteville. And it was uh, a trip to go visit other missionaries that our church supported um, and just kind of learn from them, see if missions was truly something we wanted to do. And that trip was actually led by uh, a lady named Lindsay Ponji and her husband, Arseed. And they lived at the Light Bears uh, apartment complex. And she was a mentor. And she was actually my, my mentor once I joined the program the first year. But yeah, she really encouraged me. Uh, if you want to really do missions, this program that I'm a part of, they really help you get a good, strong foundation, um, teach you the word of God, you live in community, you know, everything that Light Bears is about. And yeah, yeah that appealed to me. Um, and I was like, I was, I mean, I was new to walking with the Lord. And so I knew I, I need some direction and I, and this provides me a good amount of time to grow deep in my walk with the Lord. Mm. And it was just all the stars aligned. <laughs> the Lord led me there and made it happen. Um, yeah. Were there ways particularly like with missions? Did you uh, get to take part in any of the short-term trips to visit Light Bears partners or? Yeah, I didn't. I was already, um, I was already, I'd say mobilized by the time that I had joined Light Bears. But um, I would say Light Bears definitely kept me mobilized. It gave me that safe place to um, continue to grow in the word and to continue to um, learn more about God's hearts for the God's heart for the nations. Um, one thing that I think it specifically did for me was it taught me a lot about how to, uh, live in community with other believers. I mean, before that, gosh, I, was, I was so selfish. I, even on the trip that I w went on before joining light bears, um, this girl was in the, on the trip and she was actually going to join the light bears program. I was like, I don't know if I want to join the light bears program. This girl, I do not see eye to eye with her. Yeah. Um, ended up becoming one of my very best friends still to this day. I love her to death. She ended up being my house leader, my second year um, of light bears and a huge encouragement. She's part of one of the reasons why I looked into tribal missions because she told me to do that. And yeah. um, it really taught me how to, how to work through conflict and how to um, yeah, live, live in community with others that you don't always see eye to eye with that you don't always wouldn't be your natural friend that that you think oh like I, th I thought at the time I thought no we have too many differences we can't get along but um it gave me that place to work through conflict with other believers to uh do that through the word of God through that as my lens and um yeah I, I, there's a statistic that says um the number one reason missionaries leave the field is because of other missionaries and light bears gave me that place to learn how to walk through conflict how to do that well you know, what are ways that you would uh, encourage current students that are considering cross-cultural ministry, even among the least reached around the world, uh, just ways that they can be preparing even now, um, things that they can be thinking about uh, being involved with? 
there's a lot you can say that um probably the biggest thing though the first thing is that being on the mission field the only thing that will sustain you um, is the lord and it is knowing his word mm-hmm. and i saw um firsthand getting to know kelsey what institute did in her life um, it gave her such an incredible foundation um and going to institute and being part of institute and going through the two-year course like it gives you that base um that um you're actually uh, equipped to like face a lot of the challenges that you face in cross-cultural ministry and you're able to face those challenges through god's word which is the best way and really the only way to face those challenges you got yeah we know a lot of people that have said they wanted to go into missions. Hmm. And it seems like almost as soon as they say that, the world starts opening so many doors for them to uh, start a career, to do uh, you know, whatever the world is, is enticing them with in that moment. Um, not that those things are bad, but it, it, can, it can be for some a distraction. Uh, so missions ends up becoming this thing that they'll be a part of later in life, after their career plans out, um, yeah, whatever that might look like. So if you, I'd say if you are seriously, you know, considering missions, keep seeking that, um, keep pressing into that, keep seeking the Lord in that decision. It can be very distracting. I feel like after, even in my own life, it was very distracting after that time that I wanted to commit to ministry, commit to missions, all these other doors started opening up for me. So I just say press in, seek the Lord, um, pray, get, get good counsel, reach out to your mentors, truly take advantage of the training that you're getting right now through the Light Bears program because God has brought you to this time for a reason. Uh, so utilize it, spend every moment that you can soaking up the word of God, soaking up the community that is unlike any other. Uh, yeah, really take advantage. Yeah, you know, one of the big blessings in Kelsey's life is that God has given her a lot of time. Um, when you were, when Kelsey was mobilized into missions, when God really made it clear that he wanted her to go into cross-cultural work, she was kind of a young believer um, in like maturity wise. And so the like just through the Light Bears program and um, through even our training, like God has given her a lot of time to grow in these truths mm-hmm. and um, what through your mentors and yeah, um, the I absolutely love the mentor program because it, it not only did I have incredible mentors while I light bears, but it really taught me how to live out in Titus, where it says older women should teach younger women uh, in godliness, and I I got that I got, I got that from some really incredible godly women who not only. You know, worked through the word with me, but taught me how to do that on my own, gave me a a foundation and a a way to teach other younger women how to walk through the word of God. Um, I definitely think that that was probably one of the biggest blessings that I got out of the Light Bears program was the mentorship. Yeah, that's great. What are ways that uh, we can be continuing to just pray for your work there? Obviously, it's it's a long, long road, you know, ahead from, you know, as you noted at the very beginning, language learning to uh, translation work to then uh, seeing the church birth and then leadership established. And um, so what are ways that we can kind of be praying for you uh, as you guys get started? Well, yeah, so we're 
we're right at the beginning. We got off the plane three months ago. <laughs> and so the time we're in right now, it's really orienting us to the national uh, trade language of Papua New Guinea. And the culture. And yeah. the culture, um, the greater culture of Papua New Guinea. And so this is really a time that we need to press in and learn a lot because it's um, these things that we're learning, they're applicable throughout our entire ministry. Mm -hmm. um, so the next step really, and it's a big thing that we ask everyone to pray for is you don't move into uh, unreached people group by yourself. You move in with a team. And so um, our organization, Ethnos 360, usually sends uh, three families or three units. So that might be two families and a single man, um, two single ladies. Mm -hmm. It kind of can depend. But um, the next step for us really is team formation. And so um, just pray. Uh, pray for those conversations that we'd have with people. It is a very it's a big thing when you are the first representatives of Christ in an unreached people group. And so uh, you really do have to work well together um, because you are the church for these people and they're watching you. Yeah, especially early on, you are the only uh, word of God to these people. They only, when you talk about, I've come to tell you about the word of God, you are that representation to them in the beginning before you're ever able to start teaching. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd say most importantly, pray for our walks with the Lord, pray that we would have an abundance of humility because that, that can get us through a lot of hard times, um, through hard times with coworkers and conflict that could arise any thing that Satan wants to use to attack us, uh, humility and, uh, close relationship with the Lord is, is what will get us through. So definitely pray for those things. Um, and then practically right now, I mean, we are young parents and we are still learning how to parent well. Um, really as our little girl starts crying. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is a um, time where God has really been teaching us a lot about how to parent um, his yeah. way. Uh, and yeah, parenting has a lot of ties to discipleship. Like the way you parent your kids is going to be pretty similar to the way that you disciple a, a new church. And mm -hmm. um, so we, we want to learn how to do this. Well, yeah, uh, we really want to teach our kids to be a part of this work, to know the Lord and want to join in, in this ministry. So that starts at a young age too. Yeah. So pray for us as we learn how to talk about God simply to our young kids pray for us as we yeah, um, see hard things um, and help our kids walk through that. Um, yeah. Like just uh, pray for our kids as they have many, many more transitions and yeah. um, God can sustain them. And we know that. If I can say one more, I feel like we've said a lot, but um, <laughs> if I can, say that uh, I, we would love prayer that we would learn not only this trade language, but also one day the unwritten tribal language mm -hmm. uh, has a lot of different sounds that our, our mouths are not used to making. Yeah. So we just, we need um, the Holy Spirit to, to do that work because mm -hmm. um, it seems completely impossible on our own. So pray that we would get these two languages and cultures. Well, we appreciate uh, y'all's time uh, today, just being on being on the Lightbearers podcast, and we will certainly be praying for you all uh, in that. 
Well, thanks for listening to the Lightbearers podcast. Uh, Hope you'll join us uh, on a future episode. You've been listening to the Lightbearers Institute podcast, a production of Lightbearers Ministries. For more information, visit lightbearers.com. Thank you.